podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ho, 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 listeners, let's talk Christmas baubles, specifically yours, the ones dangling in your little pink purse at the moment, because it appears that from the ever-growing astounding popularity of these adverts in terms of our listenership, that uh, you all enjoy getting your clacker bag out, I suppose, because otherwise, why would you care what it looked like? But you seem to do so, and you want your nuts to look as smooth and pristine as a billiard ball. And if so, you should use Manscaped. Manscaped are, of course, the leading practitioners of testicle technology and they are the guys you want to go to if you want to make sure that your danglies are dapper. If you want you can go to manscaped.com and get 20% off with the code rangers. That's all you need to do. You go to manscaped.com and use the code rangers and you get 20% off and they do have some cracking products. They've got the nut trimmer Uh, if that's your thing. They've got the nose trimmer, and trust me, if you're my age, it will be a thing. You can do your eyebrows, your ears, the lot. You can de-hair yourself, right? If you have ever seen the Roswell alien and thought, I'd like my my knob to be surrounded by things that look like that, this is your opportunity. So you know what to do? Manscaped.com, Coated Rangers, and give yourself a Sean Scrotum. As Dr. Evil assured us, it really is breathtaking. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar. I am your host, as always, and I'm joined this week by two delightful fellas. First of all, the stylish man around town, the mellifluous master of melodic melodies, Mr. Martin Ramsey. How are you doing, David? It's been a while. Been a while, but far too long. Far too long. Um, and, and actually, though, for once, it's nice to meet under good circumstances, because you usually do when we get beat. I'm usually wheeled out for the, the, the very yeah. angry, intense... Um, what's happened uh but no uh, all good all good in the hood when you were booked before the game i did worry but um no it'll be a much happier one today and darby's finest himself it's james tessio how are you chaps you all right i'm not too bad my friend um like i think all rangers fans very very pleased with the 2-0 victory over harps at tyne castle on sunday uh, Rangers, of course, uh, relied on a great save from Alan McGregor early doors, but then settled in, played some stunning stuff for about 20 minutes, took a two-goal lead. Afterwards, we're content to sit and try and hit on the break. Uh, Hearts were unlucky on a couple of occasions, at the bar twice, um, and for some good saves from Alan McGregor. Equally, Rangers for some good saves from Craig Gordon, and most certainly should have put it to bed with a chance from for Scott Arfield, uh, which he sclaffed by the post. But, Martin, overall... A visit to Tyne Castle, you will take the victory pretty much any way it comes, particularly in light of the recent record Rangers had there. Oh, you take that all day. Um, certainly taking it as we were walking out of Hamden. We certainly take the last uh, five or six games uh, as we were walking out of Hamden um, in late November. It's been it's been incredible. Um, this was not an easy job to to walk into because of the just the nature of the fixtures that 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 Gio had um, to navigate. You still got a few to do so until, you know, obviously the, the, the break comes in. Um, but 
Yeah, my word. Uh, this was probably the one, and certainly in December's games, take the take the old form as as being something completely different. But um, in terms of December's fixtures, this was probably the toughest. In fact, no probably about it. Though this was the toughest. And Tyne Castle's a hard old place to go, um, and so the first five or six minutes proved that's exactly what what you expected to see from them. Um, they're a decent team, clearly, especially at home and especially against us. So. We we had to to stand up to that uh, early on, um, but we had to play our stuff as well. And I, I'm sure you get into it later on. But too often our trips to Tynecastle or trips to Tawdry, sometimes Easter Road, um, have been the battles that the home side has wished desperately for in the past well, few years. And sometimes I'll... we've ground that out, and that's been fine. But other times we've been drawn into uh, to something that, that's not been quite as productive. And I don't think that happened at all on Sunday. Well, I'll stick with you, but then turn it over to Tess. Same question. I was going to get into this later, but, you know, nice natural point in the show to do it. Some of them we mentioned on here before, um, not so much last season for obvious reasons, but certainly season before. Is, is there a question that perhaps Stephen Gerrard got too caught up in that battle element? He would always refer to it in the week before the game. It's going to be a battle. We're going to need to be up for it. And it became that attritional war. Yesterday was a football match. And yeah, there were some tackles flying in, but Hearts were trying to play football in the front. They, they had some skillful players. We were trying to play football and did so at times with some great football. I actually thought it was, a, see if you were in neutral and you sat and watched that, it was a really mm-hmm. good, exciting match with a good atmosphere. I think people would have enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and And... That was something that was brought up. Is this previously maybe some Gerard, particularly there and particularly um, against Aberdeen, home and away, got too mm-hmm. caught up and it's going to be a huge battle and actually ended up playing slightly into their hands because that suited them? Yes, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Where you could give him leeway, especially for the first year or two, um, is because that Rangers had been losing that, that just generally that that physical battle in Scottish football. We were a bit of a punch bag, we were a bit of a, a soft touch, a bit of a laughing stock. And part of his approach to taking the job and the, the many comparisons with Sunas David, as you, you know from whenever he, he arrived at Ibrox, a lot of them unfair. But this one probably not, that they, they both took a bit of a physical approach to making a stamp back on Scottish football. And I think there's, so. There's, there's some legitimacy to approaching these these games with that kind of attitude, with the fear that if you didn't and Rangers hadn't, you would get run over. Um, but the, that was kind of been won, and it was won probably a, a lot longer before he he kind of finally realised that. Anyway, we're talking about the here and now and and, and going forward. It's certainly been won, um, and I don't think that comes into the new manager's way of thinking too much. He knows Scottish football. You, you know you're still going to have to be physical. You're still going to have to stand up now and again in points in the game. Uh, but if you make it too much about that, you're dragging everything down to the level of our opponents and that's not going to work. Um, I thought we got the balance overall uh, right on, on, on Sunday. Um, we had moments, especially in the first half, that 10, 15, 20 minute period of some blistering counter-attacking football where we looked like we could score more. We did in the second half as well. Um, and that's just about trusting your skills, trusting your ability, trusting the fact that we've got better players. And Hearts may be slightly different than they, they, they were before. They're probably maybe a bit more willing to play football than they Definitely. were um, before they came, um, you know, they went down and came back up. So there's there's that 
um, element to add to the equation. Pataudry might not quite be uh, the, the same thing. There's still going to be that that decision to make over how much we get drawn into a battle there. Um, but I I don't think we 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 descended into the kind of turgid, uh, entrenched kind of um, game we've, we've seen there before. And listen, we've won there. I think the Mor- Morelos and Golds I think scored and yeah, this time won. of the year maybe um, uh, first yeah, yeah of course um, so it, you know came up trumps but we've been sucked into other things before and I just I just don't think we we, we did that uh, and it was uh, we rode the luck obviously listen opponents are allowed to attack you right they're, they're going to create chances um, your goalkeeper making saves is not luck that's what he's there to do. And um, the Bassey one is is that's the bit of fortune, I think. Um uh, the, the boy missing the the, the, the chance um soon after that, I suppose you could put down to to, to luck as well. Um but as you said, we, we could have easily had a, a, a lot more. We were well worthy of, of the three points. Uh in a fixture that, if we're being honest, most of us saw as, as being pretty precarious. Test the other side of that question then to you. Is this a case then of the manager? He named an attacking lineup. Um, wasn't two holders. Scott Arfield was in there. And is it a case of I trust that front four who at times were absolutely electric yesterday? We know and we've proven this since the start of last season that we are the best side in Scotland. So theoretically, if we turn up with all of our players on their game, we are going to win football matches. So it's very encouraging that um, that the current management and staff are looking at it that way as well, as in if we put our, our best attacking players, if we take the game to the opposition, no matter where it is, no matter who it's against, we're going to go out there and we're going to win. Now, I mean, this might sound a little bit daft, but the best thing we did yesterday was score early. Because I think right from the first whistle, when Gino Ginelli was clashing into Borna Barisic, you know, I think Hearts were going to try and make it a bit ropey for us. Obviously, they, they, had, they had that chance, which brought the was it Liam Boyce, which brought that save from McGregor, and Hearts were just starting to. I wouldn't say turn the screw, but they really, really came at us. And if they'd have scored in that five six minute period, it could have been very different. But Rangers had the perfect response to it. A couple of random score, three minutes later, score again, game done. So the the decision to play with such an attacking line it was justified because in that three minutes of football, we completely killed the game. Now, there, there, there were chances for both sides um, throughout the rest of the match, but I don't think at any... Once we'd gone 2-0 up, I don't think at any point I thought we're going to let this slip. You know, the the, 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 new, the new management and staff have come in and they've given us... I won't say given us the belief back, because I, I don't know if it was belief we were lacking, because we were still top of the league and, you know, make, making progress in Europe was... Then the, Court semi-final of the League Cup and that when when the old management left. So I, I don't think it was lacking like belief, but I think the Mabel just needed reminding, you know, how to do the simple things, how to the basics in defence, and also reminding that they are a damn good team. So once we went 2-0 up after, what, 13, 14 minutes, I, I didn't see the game in trouble at all. And again, for me, that's that's justification in, in Geo having, having faith in his attacking players to go out rather than setting up to play really tight, really compact, really defensive and hoping for the best. He's gone, no, no, we're not going to do that. We've, we've got the better players. We've got the better attacking threat. We've got the best goalkeeper in the country. We're going to go there and we're going to, we're going to have a go. And we did that, mate. And like I say, those two quick fire goals killed the game for me. You know, if, if we'd have had to go stop, stop under the cost of the 10, 15 minutes 
Hearts really pressured it. Maybe they score. Then you don't know. You know, you, you look back to what's happened at Amden and made the darts might have started creeping in. But those, you know, that, that attacking lineup scoring those two quick fire goals, mate, for me at 2 0, the, the game was won. Martin, on that, we traditionally uh, would appear over the last couple of seasons, 12 o'clock kickoffs were troublesome. And even earlier this season, we just didn't get going in them at all. It, it took us, you know, the, the, the joke was try and keep it to nil-nil till half past when we can start. And it wasn't always the case, but more often than not, Rangers were very slow starter in these games. That's two now, both coming in the back of Thursday night European trips or European games. And Rangers have been two up inside 20 minutes. Is that just luck or is it a mentality thing or, or what? Okay, it probably feeds into the the kind of generally accepted narrative that, that there has been a new boss bounce um, that you have a talented squad who have just been refreshed and recharged and getting slightly new messages uh, and again from someone whom they, they respect uh, so it's just given that, that, that bit of life in uh, the whole narrative about Rangers not starting I think they, there probably was uh, a sense in these games um, that Listen, they're going to come at us. It's their big day. Um, let's just weather that, and you know they'll they'll pull themselves out, and we'll we'll win the game, which we we would normally do. And listen, there was a bit of that on Sunday. It didn't last particularly long, but you know the Hearts were um, all over us for that 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 first um, few minutes. Um, so it's probably just a wee bit of both. But I, I just uh, I just don't think there's any panic. But I don't think they're, they're there really was before. I mean, how many times did we go one one goal behind um, and and still managed to get something? So uh, it, a little bit fresher, um, a little bit uh, more able to to get on that front foot a wee bit earlier. Um, but I think that's just life with the old firm going away from home, especially in the televised games. You 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 know that you're you're going to be hit immediately. So you know, kind of ride that out and then pick them off. Really. Yep. And I think that Rangers most certainly did that. Um, great stop early on, as I say, Tess from Alan McGregor, who is looking back to his best um, after probably his worst game in a long, long time against Hibs. In that. He wasn't alone, obviously. But interestingly, rotation has in the main stopped. John McLaughlin came in for that game against Leon, but that was part of a raft of changes for a game that was that was done or done but a game that didn't mean that much in the grand scheme of things that's the kind of rotation I expect of a goalkeeper you know getting the odd cup game get, I would expect to be playing in Sterling for example um, not ev- every week and it felt like certainly if there were three games there would be two goalkeeping changes um, again is it too simplistic to say well that's what it is or equally can we only go on the evidence that we've got I think it felt to a lot of us like that it was a very much a passing of the torch um, from McGregor to McLaughlin. Um, and that's why there was so much rotation. He didn't quite trust McLaughlin fully yet, but he knew that on the balance of probability, this is going to be McGregor's last season. I mean, the form is showing of late. It might not be, but, you know, a couple of weeks back, we, we, we may all have thought that. And the previous management may have done too. It's... It, it doesn't give confidence to the centre-backs and to the rest of the defence to see the goalkeeper behind them changing, as it does for the goalie seeing the centre-backs in front of him changing. I think if there's one area of the park where you need consistency and where you really need them partnerships to be working, know each other inside out, you need understanding across the line, it's in defence. It wasn't open as a bit. 
Now, after that, I, I walked out of that game at Hamden, like the rest of us, absolutely crestfallen. And in my mind, the first change that Gio had to make was McLaughlin comes in as number one. You know, McGregor is done. He hadn't, I mean, I think he'd somewhat like, uh, out of nine shots he'd faced in many matches, that was nine goals scored. He wasn't making saves. You know, the, 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 the three we conceded against him, one was a penalty, the other two, he should have been doing better with. You know, it, it looked for all intents and purposes like he was done. And I mean, he's he's the same age as me. And I know very well that at this age, mate, you, you, you blink your eyes and Father Time's caught up with you. So I was I was absolutely convinced that McGregor was done. He literally just fallen off the cliff. And the first thing the management staff had to do was replace the goalkeeper. Whoever's going to be number one next season, Lockley or McCrory, stick with them. Well, I am so glad to have been proved wrong. I'm I'm so glad, not just for for me and for Raiders, but for McGregor because he he deserves to go out on an absolute. The service that the man that man's given us, the performances that he's given us last season was incredible. But you know, in the years before that, in his first spell as well, he deserved so much better than than what we thought the ending would be. And hopefully now he gets to write his own script because his his performances. I mean, that that the saves against um. There was the one against uh, Livingston, which was just unbelievable. There was a double save against Sparta Prague yesterday as well. It's it, from that, from that, from three weeks ago at Hamden. It's like a completely different player, and I don't know what he's been putting on his cornflakes, mate. But it's whatever it is. It's certainly working because you know it feels now we've got. I don't know it's again the guy's forty next month, but it feels strange to say, yeah, we've got the old McGregor back. And you can, and in this form, and in this, you know, he's showing that hunger again as well. Things are going wrong. Things are going wrong before, and he, I won't say he seemed resigned to it, but there wasn't the same kind of anger and fire in him. Now, you know, somebody misplaces a passive bark and I'm yelling at him. Obviously, that there were the amusing words that he called the referee yesterday as well. It seems like he's got that fire and that passion back, and with that, it comes a performance level as well. And I'm, you know, I think I speak for all of us when I say that we are so, so glad to have him back. Nobody insults a referee as well as Alan McGregor. It's it's an art, and he has it down to a T. Martin, the front four. Um, at the first time we've really seen them all together. Um, Sakal out in the right, Morelos through the middle, Kent the left, with interchanging, Aribo in behind. None of this out on a wing or and as a you know just being told get forward, be the the front point of the three. Um. And in spells, they were unplayable. That first goal was a great example. Kent completely takes his man apart uh, out in the wing. Cross a wee bit too deep for Alfie, but there's Sakala, a wonderful piece of skill. We saw, saw it all afternoon where he just burst past the guy like he wasn't there. The, the defender, I think, understandably gambles where there's not the room there. So he's going to have to come inside. He doesn't. Alfie's movement or actual lack of is superb here, and, and that's not a criticism. It sounds like it, but Sometimes in the box, the best thing you can do is stay still. Sometimes it's not about... Because everyone's running back. Watch the Hearts defenders. They're all belting back to the line because they expect it flashed across goal. Alfie just stops. He just waits. And Sakala then has to look, you know, a pet hate of yours when people just flash it across the goal and say, well, you should have been there. Sakala does look up, sees him, picks him out. Terrific finish, clean strike of the ball. It was a super goal. It really was, and it was a super attacking display throughout um adam and i discussed it on, on tactics talk last week and he was he was calling for this for for this specific game uh, again knowing that that the hearts would not you know 
book in for bed and breakfast and just kind of camp in in, in in their own half. That's never going to be the, the the game we had on Sunday. So he wanted as as much pace and as much width as as we possibly could get, and you know that that is what we got on on paper, and I think it's what we got on the field and. The Morelos question about uh, how effective he is when he's he's just about back in the halfway line to try and be involved in the game. Um, I think you've 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 kind of hinted that David that, that he could be economical with his movement because he had players up with him. So when there's more mobility at either side, he doesn't have to 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 wander. 10, 15, 20 yards back into play to to be involved because that kind of pace, that kind of movement. Um, Brings him into the game more, um, I think. Could get bogged down against another team at Ibrox, for example. Maybe need something a wee bit more uh, intelligence or more. But, but you know what I mean. We we, we can't just go um, with, with that kind of pace with because there's no room to to deploy it. Sunday was. Um, I would hope Aberdeen would be, and I certainly would hope that that, that Parkhead would be. And it, it, it worked an absolute treat. That's where Aribo plays for me. Um, We've had these conversations all season long, um, and even into last season, Aribo on the, the, the right-hand side of a three, probably not, um, maybe at home against some of those kind of happy campers, but certainly the, the, the right-hand side of, of the midfield three, I think he's got, just got too much room um, to, to to try and kind of work through when he's, he's not that, that, that kind of player. Get them far more involved. Our field and um, industry and, and mobility helps as well. Everything's just pushed that wee bit forward, um, and it keeps the opposition thinking. Um, and they had plenty to think about as they, they found out in about fifteen minutes. But didn't learn the lesson, Tess. Connor Goldson pings a ball to the the, the superbly timed run of Joe Aribo. He splits the centre backs, and unfortunately, it's just a wee bit too long. A couple of minutes later. Connor Goldson picks it out perfectly, what a ball it was, incidentally. But there's Jory Evo running full pelt, having to stretch with the wingspan of an eagle, controlling the ball on his toe, and then lashing it home with his left foot. I, I mentioned this in our post-match yesterday. I saw a couple of seasons ago when, when Liverpool were winning the title and flying. They scored a goal like this against West Ham. It was Virgil van Dijk and Mo Salah, and people were absolutely raving about it. This was as good as that, and it is that old cliche of if player X had scored that. This was world class. I'll call on to Reba in a moment, but I think first, especially mentioned for Conor Goldson, because we've absolutely slated him when he's been performing badly. Yesterday, mate, I thought, apart from that diagonal ball over the top, um, which Boyce nearly scored from, a ball that's caught him out quite a few times this season, yesterday I thought it was immense. You know, I thought he had a really good game. Um, that, that when he's when he's pinged over that diagonal for Kent for the first goal, brilliant. And you think, yeah, Hearts are going to get cut somebody on him, so we can't do that. So we can't play that quarterback role. Well, no, as you said, he does it again. We miss a chance. He does it a third time. And there's, I mean, Joe Arrebo's got no right to be winning the ball there, let alone having time to control it and score that goal. You know, he. It's it's so strange looking at a player who is so glimpses. Over, over his time of Rangers and at times he's absolutely wonderful but that, that's been few and far between you know he's, he's, he's drifted in and out of games and you know, it might not be the tactics or the motivation or whatever you just don't know but it seems like Gio's just unlocked something in him 
And I don't know if that's as Gio experienced. Um, I mean, obviously, the previous uh, Stevie Gio never played a proper football for Liverpool. Forget the MLS, you know. So that's all he ever knew, the, the blood and thunder and the rush of English football. Whereas Gio is a lot more cultured. I mean, you know, he, he, he played in that bar. He won the European Cup with that Barcelona team that went on to be arguably the greatest of club side of all time. So he, you know, he, he knows a thing or two about flair and about, like I say, coaching players. And I just think he took Rebo to one side and was, look, I've seen what you can do. Go and do it. And he's just freed him. He's, he's like, not like a completely different player because we have seen glimpses of that in the past. But now he's doing it. Was that his fourth goal in five league games? He's yeah. now doing it week in, week out consistently. He's, you know, playing in that number 10 role. is absolutely terrorising defences. And he's got an end product as well now too. You know, like we say, he's got absolutely no right to be controlling that ball, having the time to set himself up and then smashing it past the second-best goalkeeper in Scotland. You know, the, the, the confidence that he's playing with at the moment and the freedom, you, you just wonder that, we, we know he's going to leave us a big money, you just wonder if he continues that trajectory. Come, come, um, come the summer, mate. Is somebody going to come with an offer we can't turn down? Because the way he's played at the moment, it is it's undoubtedly the best numbers of his career in terms of goals and assists. It's the best form of his career. It's the most consistent. And like I say, I, I can only put that down to Gio. You know, he's played in a lot of different countries. He's seen a lot of different football. He was a very, very courted football himself. Well, I just think he's unlocked something for Rebo that if he carries on, mate, he's going to be unstoppable in this league. That's an interesting one, Martin, because if there was one player that, that Steven Gerrard did believe in, um, and there were more than one, but mm. one particularly was Joe Rebo. He was a huge fan. Joe Rebo did not have, have spells on the bench. He loved Joe Rebo. Um, and I think it would have been legitimate to, to wonder when Gerard left, because one of the main reasons Aribo came north was Stephen Gerard. That that was a big selling point for him, and I think it was legitimate to say, will he be one of the ones who's maybe, you know, not as receptive for whatever reason or misses the old manager? Just human nature, you know, you can mm-hmm. miss a, a former um, boss. But uh, as Tess said, there is something. I think he's he's been our most consistent player this season. He's the one who's always been available for a start, but. Mm-hmm. He has added numbers recently. You know, that was a criticism earlier on in the season. Now he looks like either scoring or making a goal every single match. He's going through, well, let's say it's a purple patch just now. I would agree that over the course of the season so far, he's probably been the most consistent um, without absolutely pulling up trees um, before now. But he's he's now uh, really getting in the numbers, as you said. Uh, sample size in terms of the geo effect is it's probably a wee bit too small so far. It might just be that that tiny wee tweak to the system that's just getting them a wee bit closer to to, to the action, adding in the, the just kind of re-energy um, around the the place, which I think we all accept now was needed. It was missing. I know things were on an upward curve, but um, I don't think it was a huge upward curve, and we 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 still had some some fragility within that. Um, so I think it's just the, the combination of, of all the other things we, we've talked about, um, and he, maybe his his positioning in, in in the field is just just allowing him to to bear that particular fruit. Um, but please for him because he, he he is always available. He does always show um, he's more suited to other games than 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 some in the past. Um, but perhaps 
events like like Sunday, and especially if you can do the biz, if you can continue this run um, for the rest of the the month and the new year, then that that changes that narrative a lot because at the minute there are quite a few that that yeah he's good against Ross County and you need players that good against Ross County by the way that's what's tripped us up those those first hmm. couple of seasons um, or teams of that nature sorry uh, but he he's, he's really starting to to enjoy his football again as have as do they all, they certainly look at. And I, I just think it's just a general bounce, to be honest. Tess, confidence is a preference for the habitual voyeur of what is known as park life, sang Damon Albarn in 1994. And confidence is also useful in a footballer. As an example, can I offer you Fashion Sakala, who right now looks as though every time he gets the ball, he is going to destroy the player he's up against. And quite often as... There were some beautiful moments, the goal in particular yesterday, but there was one in the second half where he gets the ball, looks up, there are three Hearts players in front of him, and he just runs past them all. And all of them are in his slipstream going, what the hell just happened there? He's a very exciting player, but he is playing with bags of confidence. I think one of the main things about him is he's got, um, you know, obviously anybody who follows him on social media will know that he's, you know, he's a very spiritual man. Um and I think it's that um, that faith that gets him through because now he's getting that faith in his own ability. It is getting that confidence. And again, his numbers are good this season too. His, his, his assists are good. You know, he's, he look, look at the amount of plays he's beaten on his dribbles, his successful dribbles, whatever, whatever the metric is for measuring that. That must be good. You know, it, it's, it's, everything's really coming together for him now. And as you say, I, I don't know if it's if it's... He's a confidence player, or I don't know if it's because it's just he's just got this natural faith and everything around him. He he doesn't look scared. He's not afraid to try things, and I think it's also we're seeing him more in games now as well. You I know, mean, he started on Saturday. He's, he's come off the bench a few times, started a few times, but he's doing the business for us, mate. It's not like he's calling for a little cameo and he does a bit of a trick and we all cheer because he's a cool hero. No, he's a really dangerous player. He's, he's a serious opponent. You know, it, it's it's really good to see because we, we obviously we bought him in the summer for a reason. And let's be honest, none of us are really quite sure what it was because he wasn't going to, you know, he wasn't the target man in the manner of Alfie. And at the same time, it wasn't really one of the inverted number 10s. But it seems that, you know, he, he got he, he was playing through the middle and he got that against Motherwell. But it seems that he's played even better since he's been playing as a proper winger and getting chalk on his boots. You know, he's, he's got pace to burn. He's got confidence and he's got trickery. You know, if you see him, if you're a fullback or a centre back, you see him bearing down on you, especially when the pitches are slipping that as you are now, mate, you should be bricking yourself. You know, but it's every game that he's doing it, something don't come off for him. You know, he don't worry about it. He just, he just, he just busts himself off, shouts the ball again, and then he's away. You know, and he's like, so I think the, the main thing is he's getting an end product now. It's not like he's mm. trying all these things and oh, he does a correct. couple of wee tricks and we all think, oh, great, he's nutmegged somebody and then puts it into Rosette. No, he's doing all these little tricks and then he's getting a goal or he's, he's, he's creating an opportunity or he's skinning players and making assists. It's, you know, it, it's really, it, it's the same for Hadji because I can't see now how we can deviate from that front three. If all three are fit, all three play because they are dangerous there's pace there, there's aggression, there's power, there's confidence, there's belief, all things that as a defender you do not want to be facing. So I do feel a bit bad for Hadji and, you know, I, I do, I mean, I've mentioned before, I wonder if 
if his um, if his position is a bit more with Jones as a central midfielder, and you know if anybody's going to do that, as I said before, Gia was very cultured. He's seen how they play the game on the continent. I think if anybody could do it, it, it would be him more so than Gerard, because you know as much as Gerard is one of the best players I've ever seen, he was a force of nature. He's very much blood and thunder. That's never been Hadji's game and never will be. So you know, so I think Gio is going to be a bit of a better teacher for him than, than Stevie G was. Um, but no, it, it's, mate, it, it, in all areas of the park, people are starting to, I don't know if it's because he's simplified it at the back and let the forward players have a wee bit more freedom. That that seems to be the way it's gone with me. But we just seem to be flourishing, mate. And, you know, the, the, the former fashion's corner, for me, it's that's a perfect example of that. Martin, we had this run of games, you know, December. We're only halfway through, but we've certainly ticked mm-hmm. off a few of the tricky ones. And, you know, I think if you looked at Livingston, Hibs and Hearts, certainly if I was an opposition fan, I'd be going, they'll drop something across those three, you know, confidently at the start of it. One of them, they'll drop points in, and we haven't. We've come away with nine. We've got three home games coming up. They're not gimmies, um, and we're going to start by talking about St Johnston because they have been tough opponents for us over the last 18 months or so. They're going through a really bad spell at the moment, but they're stuffy, and they work hard and they're organised. And against Rangers, there isn't that pressure to come out and get a result. They've maybe lost the players like Zavali McCann and, and Kerr who could get them that, but they still know how to defend. So mm. they're not gimmies, but equally what an opportunity to put on some scoreboard pressure, as, as you would say. Absolutely. Um, uh, St. Johnson, we'll, we'll see on Wednesday what, what we're faced with. They, they do not look like the, the the team that gave us so many difficulties last season, and even earlier, but the season at McDermott Park, you and I remember. Um, and <coughs> they are perhaps evidence, again, and we've suffered a wee bit at the start of the season of this, of a team that is, that's probably climbed their mountain, and a manager that's probably climbed his mountain there. What, what else are they going to do? Going to win two cups in a season again. Um, they've just they've reached realistically they've reached their emo, um, emotional uh, goals, and so it starts to tail off because we're dealing with human beings and not um, robots. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm not overly concerned about how how stuffy they're, they're going to be. Even if they were, however, um, out of all this run, David and obviously Sunday was was huge. Still been really impressed, maybe not most impressed, but really, really impressed by how we dealt um, with the, the the Dundee game at the start of the month. Because that's your bread and butter. It's been awkward for us in the past. Ibrooks um, uh, can be a, a difficult place for, for Rangers teams to win when they, they haven't scored early and then teams are, are really camping in. And I thought we dealt with it so, so well. Um, the, the the attitude, but also the, the, the game plan. And, and, you know, Van Broekers has come out with a, he's a very different manager. And he's different in his um, presence. I'm sure you would agree, and certainly in the the, the media room. Mm-hmm. But he's he's good at his, his his little quotes and his little sound bites, his little phrases, and obviously keeping the zeros the thing that, that that's really landed. But I liked what he said in, in after the Dundee game. It's like you know, we we have to basically make teams know that there's nothing for them here. You know they 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 don't have a chance. And hopefully the, the next three games will will show that that kind of relentless um, dominance that I, I thought we 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 showed a lot of against Dundee um, because it's so important. The, the hard work, theoretically, a lot of the hard work has been done. Um, it would be very very frustrating to to chuck a, a draw in 
are drawing now. Um, so it's it's really, really turning the screws. You're right, uh, there were Celtic fans everywhere. Certainly after the, 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 the Cup semi-final, so there's no chance Rangers are getting 9 out of 9. Um, none. Uh, and the Rangers fans would have said that as well. Um, so you, you start to, when you're playing catch-up, you, you start to play those arithmetic games in your head. You know, we know this. We've been there. They'll drop points today. Mm. And you tune in. And you're devastated by <laughs> half an hour or, or whatever it is. In Celtic's case, usually 92 minutes or whatever. But um, you, you do mark off the ones that you, you think they, they, there's a chance. Um, and it's soul-destroying. When it, when it just doesn't happen. When it keeps not happening. Yes, exactly. Yeah. exactly. So that part's been done. That gets shelved. We've also got two huge away games at the, the other end of this. But but you're right. Um, always a danger of complacency. Well, you know, these three, we, we can kind of put the nine points on, on the column just now. Obviously, we can't. But yeah. uh, I'm really I'm encouraged by just how we went about business um, the, the other week there at home. Uh, and hopefully that continues. Yeah, that that's a good point, Tess. And Mark mentioned that with St Johnson, sometimes you know your race can be run, and that can be a longer term thing. I think it's maybe been something that we're beginning to think might be in the case with Stephen Gerrard. Something he said himself, you know, my my remit was to deliver fifty five, and I did. Um, but it can also be in a shorter term, and the you know a danger ahead of these fixtures is to go got through Livy, Hibs Hearts played well, nine points. And just take the foot off the gas and just mentally relax a little bit. Um, and rather than going and winning the game, making, you know, sitting back and waiting for it to happen, that's something we've got to guard against. Yeah, we've got a lot of positive momentum going for us now. Um, and I think you can see, again, I mentioned before, I didn't really know if it was about belief in the players that they were lacking, but you can certainly see they've got it in abundance now. I don't see them letting it slip. You know, we've got these three games coming up. Um, anything less than nine points is unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. Three, I won't say very winnable games because any, anything well, can are, happen. Yeah, but the goalkeeper sent off in the first minute. Two players go off injured. You think anything can happen, mate. But they are three games we should absolutely be taking nine points from. And the mentality that you can see emerging again in the players, that that steel, that fire, that desire, that fire, let alone the fact that certain players are hitting forward at the right time. We've just spoke about Sakala. Every game Kent gets fitter, he's looking better. Alfie, I mean, look at his goal against Dundee last week. That's Alfie, that's the Buffalo, just smashing his way through. You know what I mean? He, he, and, he and the chance for Alfie, uh, and the chance for Arfield yesterday. Was that yeah, just not yes. giving it up? Yeah, that's that's right, mate. Yeah, that that's that's it. Yeah, he saw a cause. He wasn't going to give it up again. The tackles are coming in, but he's you know he's a solid muscle of his body. He's starting to enjoy his football again. He's smiling when things are going right. He's still sulky when he gets taken off. But I never want to see him not do that, and because that means he don't care. You know what I mean? When he don't care, you get nothing out of him. So your main men are starting to hit form at just the right time. We've got a fully rested Stephen Davis to come back in who is good as a rebo is at the moment when Stephen Davis is in the mood he's the best midfielder in Scotland even at the age he's at so you've got a fully refreshed Stephen Davis to come back you've got Bakuna you know I mean I, I was saying yesterday yet yeah, throw him on but you know really that wouldn't, wouldn't have worked but you know he, he's an option as well so we'll, we'll look with the, the players we've got they're, they're you know they're, they're hitting form at the right time the defence have tightened themselves back up we've got players on the bench champing at the bit 
eager for that chance, fresh, ready to come in, strengthen the team, maybe change it a little way if it needs change. Not that it does. So yeah, these we, we, we can't take anything for granted. You just in, in football, in life, you can't. But these are three very winnable games, and the way things are going for us, are the momentum that we've got, and the fact that your main men are starting to show why they're the main men. I've got absolute faith that we're that we're going to do the business in all three, matey. Martin, Hearts had cut Rangers' allocation to a thousand yesterday, and I think it's been a long established policy here on on Hartman. We've got no problem with away teams doing that if they can fill their own grounds, but it is incredibly frustrating when they can't and there are empty unsold seats and thousands of people at home watching TV who would have loved to have been there. I didn't get a ticket, you didn't get a ticket, Tess didn't get a ticket. The only one out of all of us on Heart Hand who got one was Andy McGowan, who checks notes, runs his own bus and is in charge of their ticket allocation. Well, like a uh, Soviet election, and he's. It's yeah. I mean, oh, he's open about it though, isn't he? I mean, he'll he'll do the draw and go, lads. You're not going to believe this, yeah. but I've come out again. Or the one week he didn't win, it was his wife. But anyway, I digress. But uh, not that it stopped him sending us a photo on Saturday night of his ticket lying on his chest, um, just to wind us up. But you know, is there something that authorities should step in on? Uh, as I say, I've got no problem. I, genuinely, no problem. If Hearts can sell. 20 of 21,000 tickets to their own supporters, do it. Fill your ground with your own fans, the guys who, you know, hopefully would come every week and not just for Angels, but mm. still, you know, the future, the guys who might buy something in the club show. I get that. It's just common sense. And I honestly don't have a problem with it as much as I would love it to be full of Angels fans. But when you can't, this is just stupid. Well, it is, but when has commercial uh, rationality been a, a, a main driver in, in Scottish football over the last... Um, 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, yeah, it was, it was disappointing to see the gaps because the, the chat before Sunday was that they you know, they only had a few hundred left and you know they, they really were going to kind of buck that trend. We've seen it so often. Um, you know, Kilmarnock had their big huff, didn't they? Um, and would only give us you know one end for a bit despite having vast swathes um, of, of, of empty blue seats uh, elsewhere. So it, should the authorities step in? They can't. It's, it's the, the clubs are. It's up to them. Um, it's quite say it's commercial suicide, but it's, it's not. It's, it's clearly not the best commercial decision they could make. But that sadly is up to them. As frustrating as that that is for us, uh, the Bears who did go um, made themselves held. They really did. They did well. Superb. Deserve congratulations. Yeah, it was noticeable even on the TV guys that uh, who was doing the singing. So onwards into the other big news of today, and that's Rangers Europa League, uh, well, qualification round. It's the round of 24, um, which will go down to then the round of 16. It's this newfangled thing they've done this year. Eight teams dropping in from the Champions League, and uh, we got one of them, and uh, we got one of the bigger ones of them. A team that I think would fully have expected to be in the latter stages of the Champions League, and that is, of course, Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Haaland et al. will be coming to Ibrox, unless Manchester City have bought them, obviously, by then. Tess, we pride ourselves on our realism here on Heart and Hand. They will be the favourites. They should be the favourites. Um, we have a puncher's chance, let's be honest. It will take some effort. If we win this tie, I think it goes down as one of the best results in our history in Europe. I really do believe that. Equally, the reason that you play and you fight to get through the groups are to get to play with the big boys in the elite competition. This is where Rangers should be. 
yeah, we um, the, the expectations of York have changed over, over the past few years. Uh, now we expect, as a minimum, to qualify mm. from the group stage because we've done it well three years in a row now. Um, I think Dortmund, there, there were two that most people wanted, Barcelona and Dortmund, those, those he glamorised. Barcelona, because they're in turmoil and you've got a bunch of time to beating them. Uh, obviously, a, a trip to Barcelona, especially with our history there. What would it be in the, the, the 50th anniversary of the Cup Winners' Cup as well? It would have, well, and, and Giovanni van, van Bronckhorst, former club, it would have been supposed for so many reasons. And hopefully, we'll get them in the round of 16. Yeah, maybe but we can get them to re, maybe we can get them to redraw it because that seems to be in fashion at the moment. Well, no, we'll, we'll, we'll just save them for the next round when we've got rid of this German mob, mate. It'll be all right. Yeah, well, you know, Martin, traditionally over the years, we've fared okay against German sides. Um, not so much Spanish ones, especially in Spain, but we've done all right against German mobs. You're a, a sober observer of all things Rangers, Martin. Uh, this is a challenge. Uh, remind me of these okay results we've had against German mobs. I mean, the Leverkusen's the only one Leverkusen. that springs to mind of just about every time we come up against a German or West German team. We, we, we won in Bochum, yeah, we're well done. Go, we're done. Well done for the we've, technicality. We've done well against Dortmund, though. We've not, we knocked them out the Cup Winners Cup in 67. We knocked them out the UEFA Cup in 83. And then the 2-2 two, two, two draws. 2-2 which practically were wins when you think about it. All of this, all of this. In fact, they've only beat us in a penalty shooter, really. They beat us 2-0 at their gas. And, oh, we're uh, going to win. They beat as soon as they after that on penalties, didn't they? So, mate, Dortmund will be bricking themselves. Yeah, they should be. We're going we're gonna to win. I've always hated Dortmund, and I know that there'll be a lot of hipsters out there going, what, David? I hate their stupid strip. I hate their yellow wall. I hate their fucking fact that they'll just bend over to Bayern every single season. And I admire Bayern's utter ruthlessness. Dortmund are the Celtic of... Of Germany with it. Oh, well, we play really good football and stuff. Yeah, well, well, we're the big evil side that win all the time. Um, anyway, Martin, you can take it to a more rational place. <laughs> um, anytime these draws are done in the December, uh, I'm always one because people say, well, that would be a great game and oh, I would fancy them over them. I say, well, it's two months. I mean, it's literally a long time um, and many things can happen to teams form um, within that time. Even with that caveat in mind, I mean, the, the, the gap is is, is huge. Uh, I don't know about Puncher's chance. It, I think we'll go into it in the, the, the right spirit. Um, we uh, There's no expectation whatsoever, no pressure whatsoever. Um, I can imagine it with the kind of game that, that, that Gio will um, enjoy uh, as a coach and, and, and certainly psychologically and, and then from the, the, the tactical challenge I think he'll, he'll enjoy working with the players in, in preparation for that um, I at this stage as I said so much can change in two months uh, I don't think we'll be completely embarrassed that being uh, uh, this would be the greatest result in Europe I think for Rangers um, uh, because I think that, that, that gap's that big they're not having the greatest of seasons though no they're not and you know they should be we absolutely would have expected to be um, looking at today's draw um, for, for the last 16 in the Champions League Haaland's future may well have a, have a bearing but they're still a very 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 good team um, but I, I, I do expect us to to rise to that I think there could be fun games uh It'd be a huge, huge ask, obviously, to 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 get through. But unless you wanted to to seriously have a, a 
see his ambitions of 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 kind of continuing or as far as possible and and going one better than we've done uh, in the last couple of years, um, then you you would have been looking for pretty much anyone else in the draw. Um, but if you're happy with the fact, look, Europe could be a distraction. We need to win this league title. It's more important actually than than last year's in the real world, not the emotional. Um, therefore, let's go in a big blowout, huge big tie, um, the glamour, good trip. If you know um, COVID is, is relaxed um, by by that point, and we'll get that out of the way and and just you know knuckle down and, and hopefully win a double. But it'll be a it'll be a yeah, it'll be a fantastic uh, couple of games, I think. Yep, very much looking forward to them, but we'll part them just now. All that matters is St Johnston on Wednesday night. Right, folks, that will do us here on Heart and Hand for this week. We'll be back on Friday with Extra Adam. We'll return apologies for last week, but uh, he'll be back on Friday looking back over the St Johnston game and looking ahead to Saturday's fixture. But if you want to catch up with us every single day from just one ninety nine per month, go to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where there are up to five shows every single day on all things Rangers all things football and even a lot of stuff out with that as well i think you'll enjoy it go and give it a try thanks to our executive producers in london mike lee and paul myers and thank you of course to my two guests first of all to tess thank you very much for having me mate and to martin pleasure david take care folks and we'll talk to you again next week till then bye bye Podcast Network.